Let's pray for Henry. Um, Lord, thank you so much for this man. Thank you for his friendship with you and how he hears from you. And just we bless him as he speak and as he speaks. And we pray for everyone in this room that we have open ears, open hearts to hear what you're saying this morning. Amen. What I'm going to share this morning is um, a fair bit about our journey of prayer as a couple over the, over the past few years, and to share some things that God dropped in uh, when, uh, just out of the blue, this, uh, in the last week or so. Can I have the next slide, please? Because what is prayer about? I was, we were just getting ready to pray, and God just dropped this thought in. Find out what heaven wants, and then agree with that. And I thought, wow. Next thing I know, Cheryl rings up and says, would you like to share on, on Sunday? And, uh, you know, it was like God's timing, here we are. What, what, what heaven wants find out what heaven wants and agree with it. Prayer is not primarily about me and my needs, although it is about those things. But Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we have the next slide, please? I'm going to talk a little bit about my personal history and then Anita and my history in prayer and then talk a little bit more about how you find out what heaven wants and why that's important. Uh, moving on. Uh, as Gerald Hoffnung used to say, I was uh, born at an early age. Uh, I grew up in the Church of England and was born again at university. And very quickly I learned certain things were important, like read your Bible, pray every day, um, and the family that prays together stays together. And I think over the years I've, I've been pretty faithful about the, uh, about the Bible reading, but Prayer was very much more of a hit-and-miss affair. It was hard work, it was limited results, and a lot of the time I felt as if I was praying into a void. It's like doing target practice with the lights off. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. And so I believe that lie that prayer doesn't really work, but you know, you've got to keep up appearances. Um, and getting discouraged about it. Um, and can we have James's salty comment? And then there's always the, in the thought at the back of your mind that you're probably praying for the wrong stuff. Um, but that's not to say that we didn't see answers to prayer. We did see answers to prayer. Uh, next slide, please. We learned some important principles like letting the peace of God rule in our hearts. That helped us a lot 
in, uh, in, in making many decisions. God did guide us when we prayed. We learned a lot about walking in faith and about the authority of the believer. We did see healings and answers to prayer. But I can't claim to have had a record of praying consistently. Uh, let's skip over the next slide and go to slide eight, please. Our trip to Sydney in 2020 uh, marked quite a watershed in our experience in prayer. When we went, we had, uh, you see, our, our, our family, Jonathan and Emily, uh, were, were uh, living in Sydney at the time. Going out there, we had three goals. One was to help Jonathan and Emily. The second was to get to know our grandchild, Theo. And the third was that we were just starting to pray with uh, Jan and Steve as Jan was um, in, in, in her battle against cancer. Uh, we quickly found that we had time in the mornings because uh, Jonathan and Emily didn't usually need us until about lunchtime. And we had our own ap apartment just around the corner from them. And so we quickly got into uh, a rhythm of praying for an hour or so after breakfast. And we did that consistently uh, while we were out there. Uh, when we got home in March of 2020, we were more or less straight into the first of the lockdowns. And so we found it was actually really easy uh, to keep praying uh, in that way. And we, so we've got into a rhythm, and we're still actually in that, in that rhythm today. Uh, so what I want to do uh, this morning is to share with you some of the things that we uh, learned. Can we have the next one, please? We learned some important things, that prayer is all about perspective. Very often when we pray, we're kind of co-opting God into our situation. We're in trouble. We've got this tidal wave of this, that, and the other thing about to break over our heads. And dear God, help, help, help. Now, there's nothing wrong with help, help, help prayers as far as they go. Um, but it's better to be praying from a heavenly perspective, praying from heaven towards earth, uh, because heaven is the place where we're seated with Christ Jesus. And that's a very difficult, different perspective. Psalm 2, it says, Why do the nations so furiously rage to the together and the peoples imagine a vain thing? And then a little bit further down it says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. So whatever we're going through, it's not a problem to God. He's got the solution. And if we pray from that perspective, we're in a much stronger position in terms of exercising our own faith in prayer. Uh, and, and praying that way, we have seen some really good testimonies of prayer. As we've seen uh, God answer Stephen Jan's prayers uh, for, for healing, we have been using that testimony 
to, uh, to pray for other people, including uh, a lady who we don't know because, because she's the niece of some friends of ours, and we're actually seeing results from that prayer. We hear, we, we hear news occasionally, and somebody who was uh, really, really ill has actually had some measure of recovery, and we praise God for that. So we're praying from above where the answer is, and we're using the testimonies of answered prayer as the basis to pray uh, for other people. Next slide, please. Another thing we're doing is to look to the Holy Spirit to give us the words when we pray. There's this wonderful passage in uh, Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Years ago, I, uh, I read a book by Arthur Wallace called Pray in the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of prayer. That has been one of the most formative books I have ever read on the subject of prayer. And the key insight from that book is that the Holy Spirit prays through us. And that's what Paul means when he says that the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't be uttered. We don't pray with groanings every day, but there have been times when we have, we have got close. So I submit that spirit-led prayer is the only effective prayer. Spirit-led prayer is effective prayer. It's also vital to be listening uh, all the time you're praying and engaging the prophetic. Can we have the next slide, please? A lot of the time, I think, we live our Christian lives a bit like uh, Dodgem cars. You're going around on the Dodgem track, and you've got a pole up, and you've got, and you've got a blade that connects you with the network, and that's where you get your power from. That's a great model. You're drawing on heaven for the power you need to live your day, your life every day in a godly way, and that's, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. But as a picture, it's rather inadequate because there is so much more available to us. Can I have the next slide, please? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. I've heard that quoted so many times, and people say, oh, positionally, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, yes, amen. But what does it actually mean? If it's, going to, if, it's got to mean, if it's going to mean anything, it has got to affect the way I live my life on a daily basis. Otherwise, what's the use? So what we've been learning is it's really important to be walking on a daily basis, consciously living in two places at the same time, because we're here on earth and we're also in the heavenly places. Next slide, please. 
I struggled to find an adequate picture of what that looked like. But the truth is that heaven is much more real than the reality that we walk in. So above us is something which is really much, much, much bigger than the reality we live in. How do you think, Kenneth Copeland taught, taught us this, how do you think that Jesus was able to walk through walls? How do you think Jesus was able to walk on the water? It was because the reality he was living in was greater, more real, than the physical reality that he was living in. So, uh, next slide, please. We can need continuously to be turning our attention to heaven uh, and learning to live out of our heavenly resources. Next slide, please. It's also really important to be linked, to be using the prophetic gifts. When we're praying, Anita is often having a picture uh, I might get a scripture and we'll pray into that and we'll say, God, please move on that picture. Let's see how that develops. And very often, well, uh, we've sent words to people that have come out of that way of praying. And Habakkuk is really interesting uh, on this. Um, you know where to find Habakkuk. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Habakkuk. I will stand on my watch and set myself on the ramparts and watch what he will say to me. How do you watch what somebody is going to say? How do you write a vision? You're engaging prophetic gifts. You're engaging your, prof your prophetic senses. Uh, just to give you an example of how that's worked for us. Uh, Jonathan and Emily, uh, a few years ago, were facing uh, a tangle of really difficult situations. They were all interlinked and they didn't know where to start, and we didn't know where to start. And so we prayed into that, and Anita saw a picture of a series of mini roundabouts. I don't know whether you've ever seen the, uh, been, to, uh, been through the, the magic roundabout in Swindon. It is an absolutely terrifying place. You better be saved if you're going to drive through that thing. But you're going through this series of roundabouts, and God showed us the order in which to go through the roundabouts. And we prayed and we said, okay, that situation is resolved because we were in close touch with them and we got to hear what the results of what we were praying was. And so finally we get to the point where, okay, this is the last roundabout and we can see, you know, if you're coming up from Tewkesbury across the, 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 uh, the M50 uh, junction, you get you see, ah, there's the road to Worcester. That's the one that I take, because it's quite a confusing couple of roundabouts to go through. But that all came out of a prophetic picture uh, when we were praying. So stand upon your watch and see what God is going to say to you. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he can run who sees it. Can you skip to God's got this, please? In all of this, it's important to recognize that we're praying and we're serving God. We're not there to carry the entire weight of things. Benny Johnson says that when she goes to a church, she always knows who the intercessors are because they're the ones with the longest faces. And it's because 
They, they need to grasp the reality that God's got this. And in the midst of all the turmoil of our daily lives, it's such a comfort to be able to say, God, you've got this. Next slide, please. So what does heaven want? And again, the next slide. Why does God want our agreement? And I'm sorry I haven't put this scripture up because it is really, really important. And it frames everything to do with the power and agreement and what prayer is about. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God understands authority. To get anything done in the earth, he has to engage human authority because he's given the earth to the children of men. When we engage with God, we're opening the door for him to act. And that's the power of agreement. We often pray, don't we, to God, God, you're in control. God, you're in control. That's, that's really only half true. And when we pray that, I think the challenge is, do we really know what God wants to do? Because if we're not praying what God wants to do, we haven't found out what God wants to do, and we're not praying it, we're not opening the door for God to act. Uh, consider this. You might pray, God, would you send your angels to protect that family in that difficult situation? What's happening in heaven is, whoosh, they're off. Oh, God, you're in control. Oh, God, you're in control. The angels are standing around. What? 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 What do we do? We have to be giving heaven words that heaven can move on. We have the next slide, please. So, was Moses praying what God wanted? Or did he actually change God's mind? In the books of the law, there are several instances of God saying, get out of the way, I'm going to destroy this lot. And Moses says, don't do that. Now, this is, this, is, this is really important because th th there were a number of these instances. The one I've put up here is after the ten spies came back and gave a, a, a bad report out of the land. And Moses says, please don't destroy them. Did, God, did Moses change God's mind? I don't think so. Can we have the next slide, please? I think this is the translation. God says, if you don't pray, here is what's going to happen. These people will end up in destruction because of their sinful behavior. But if I can get you to agree with me for them not to be destroyed, then maybe together we can find a way forward 
to a better solution. Because we need to understand that when people stop listening to God, he gives them over to whatever they're enthralled to. Sin leads to death and destruction. But Moses stood in the gap. He created the space for God to change the course of events. Next one, please. This to me is the whole, the saddest verse in the Bible on the subject of prayer. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. And Israel went into exile for 70 years. So the big takeaway is to listen to God as you start to pray and to let him direct our prayer. Be open to the prophet, uh, to, to prophetic gifts as, as we pray and to pray out the stuff that God wants us to agree with because that's how Heaven comes to earth, and God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you very much. Thank you, Henry.